Ollie Russell Cowan was on a mission. Well, actually, it was also a honeymoon. He and his wife were on a road trip around North, Central, and South America with a plan to surf, see the sights, and experience culture. And while the surfing and sightseeing were pretty straightforward, they found it hard to find good information about special events like the Day of the Dead in Mexico City. That sparked an idea for a blog, which became a business, and eventually a platform intended to share information, experiences, and logistical help for travelers looking for action sports, music festivals, and cultural events around the world. The company Rad Season was the first one-stop shop for checking out and booking all things rad. Then COVID triggered the shutdown on travel and the cancellation of more than 900 events on Rad Season's global calendar. While the events were down, interest and participation in many of the activities that Rad Season was built around hit new heights. Running an events company when there are no events was a massive challenge and also an opportunity. If there's one thing we've learned from the guests on what I wish I knew with Mike Irwin and Simon Daw, it's this. No matter the obstacles, these people always find a way. In this episode, Ollie talks about the evolution of Rad Season from the uncertainty of the beginning to the acceleration and bringing on partners and events, and then shifting gears as COVID came on. Think back to my experience of doing the running of the bulls in Pamplona. I wish Rad Season was around then. Ollie also hosts the Rad Season podcast as well as the Rad Season show on Fuel TV. Ollie Russell Cowan, welcome to What I Wish I Knew. And let's start by hearing your story. So, yeah, my story, I mean, I guess sort of jumping back, um, I'm originally from, from, um, from the UK and have kind of, uh, for the last, I guess, 15, 15 years or longer, sort of been chasing different uh, places and different action sports all over the world. So it's kind of taken me over to, uh, to living in Spain, in, in the Canary Islands, uh, in Fuerteventura, um, to Sydney, uh, Australia. And then I'm now based in Lisbon over in Portugal. So with all of that, Ali, then, um, where's home? Um, so home is, well, it's, it's still, um, I, uh, well, ho home now is, is Portugal. But I, I mean, when I sort of think of home, I think of, uh, I think of the UK, I think of London. Um, but I also think of, I also think of Spain. Um, but yeah, I mean, e um, England are playing Germany um, coming up soon. So yeah, that's kind of like, well, I, I, I still support England and yeah, very much kind of uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of home to me. And you were telling us before we got on though, that your wife so is actually German, a quick so question. A divided household. Um, yeah. So my, my wife's German, I'm actually half German. So I've got, um, my, my, my mother's German. Um, but yeah, my, um, my, my wife's German, got her, 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 her dad's here at the moment. Um, and my, my little four-year-old son. So there's going to be, there's going to be three Germans in the house and me watching the football. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how we go with that. So, you know, the other thing about this season, you know, and we'll, we want to talk about rad season, but this is to me, one of the, the best times in, in sport because we've got the Euros going on. You know, we've got Wimbledon, we've got Tour de France going on at the same time. In the U.S., we've got the NBA playoffs going on. And even my hometown team, the San Diego Padres Baseball Club, are playing pretty well. So it's like this crush of all this great stuff to watch all at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then obviously with, with the Olympics around the corner, with that being pushed back, um, with Tokyo sort of starting in July, that's going to be a pretty exciting time. 
for sure. Hey, so Ollie, tell us the story of Rad Season and kind of why'd you do it and what were you thinking? Sure. So I was living in Australia at the time and uh, my wife and I recently just got married over there and we planned uh, our honeymoon over in Central and South America. And the idea was basically we were going to fly to the States, go from New York. Um, her birthday is on the 4th of July. So we were like, OK, we've she's never celebrated it. Um, 4th of July over in the US. So we wanted to kind of do that. So we had a big party in, in, in Manhattan and then uh, flew down to, to Panama City. And then we basically had four months to kind of work our way back to back to California. So we sort of the idea was like for me was to sort of see if I can, you know, for us, if we could get some surfing in and then kind of visit some cities. So we kind of bounced back and forth looking for events and I couldn't really find anything, you know, you, you, you like it was at a time where you, you could bring a lonely planet with you and you sort of like looking at these guidebooks and going, okay, like what information can I find about, you know, day of the dead in Mexico city or, you know, looking at other sort of music festivals or surfing events. And there wasn't really, there wasn't really much out there. So you, you'd have to scroll the internet through all these different travel blogs and try and basically find this information. So the idea when we got back to Australia was like, okay, I knew I wanted to start my own business and that just kind of put it into motion of like what it was actually going to be. And the idea was to go, okay, well, we're going to try and build, or I'm going to try and build uh, a destination online where people can find out about all these cool events that are happening all over the world. Fantastic. You know, it's such an interesting thing. And it seems like, you know, each of them have their own kind of little ecosystem, but you got to know where to look if you're going to Glassbury or whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's all these, you know, events that go on, but they're all, you know, they're all different and there's no, you know, I think it's, you got to research each one. So it's interesting to, to see what you, what you've come up with now, has it turned out, you know, you, why don't you just give us an overview of what it is. So people, so our listeners really know, but has it become what you envisioned or has it expanded beyond what you originally saw? Uh, so when, when we first started off, the idea was to kind of just sort of test the waters. So I created a blog, where we thought, okay, let's do some articles around, say, surfing events in Australia, because that's where I was living at the time. And then we sort of thought, okay, well, it'd be, why don't it be cool to do, there's a music skiing, snowboarding festival happening in Whistler in Canada. So why don't we do something on that and include it? And then we kind of expanded it out. And, there, and then we got to this point where we integrated with booking.com to essentially, if people were going to go to these events, what were the things that they needed and you needed somewhere to stay is kind of was the main thing. So you needed accommodation. And then, uh, so we basically um, partnered with them and then it turned from a blog into a platform. Um, at the time now, like looking back, I, I think I, well, I definitely got carried away. I was like, Oh, there's all, there's all these amazing things. We were kind of jumping across all these different categories and trying to go global straight away, um, which in hindsight was probably, wasn't the smartest move uh, we should have kind of focused on one either one category or one geolocation and then try and build it out from there hmm. and dolly you you know we'll talk a lot more about your your product and the success of that now but just a, a kind of step back briefly into you know studies at college and 
Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I got the sense from reading your bio of, you know, moving into territories that a lot of people on this show are listening to, you know, into sales exec work, into sports work. Just give us a little sort of a piece of the pizza here in terms of what what got you through that and 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 how and particularly for the for the podcast listeners how you how you got to to develop the vision if you like was it always in you was it just something you you suddenly became aware of at a certain chapter in your life yeah i mean i i think like going back since I can remember since I was a kid I was already always interested in action sports so like I used to skateboard um growing up and in my teens and then then that sort of turned into um bodyboarding and snowboarding and um I was lucky enough to kind of uh go surfing in some incredible places and that kind of that passion sort of drove me to try and work in the industry so like I um, got into like working for, for an action sports publishers in London um, quite early on when I was in, in my twenties. And then, um, then started working for uh, like events companies and IT research and always sort of within sales and business development. Uh, so I kind of always knew, I think that eventually that I wanted to do my own thing, but at the time it was sort of like, it was the lifestyle and sort of, doing a job that would allow me to, to travel and to do these things. And, you know, being based in London, probably one of the best things is that there, there's quite a lot of airports. So you can, you can, you can get everywhere and you can get most places like fairly, fairly easily. Um, whether, you know, whether you're going to go to, uh, if you're going to go surfing somewhere, you can kind of, yeah, you can book it around like holidays and I was sort of, spent a few years doing that but I always knew that like eventually I wanted to try and try and do something myself um it was just sort of it took a lot of time to kind of figure out what exactly that was going to be and yeah working sort of within like sports and within things that I was passionate about and then going into the corporate world um and then kind of going back it's sort of yeah as I was kind of in and out between sort of working in corporate and between events and working in the action sports industry and then it sort of basically it just kind of clicked where it was trying to merge all my my past business experience um to try and see if then i could set up my own business around something that i was interested in but then also something that i had a little bit of experience in on the event side mm. but i'm guessing it it took courage because you've got friends and colleagues who do your sports but they maybe haven't jumped ship to what you've done um yeah i mean like i i didn't like i guess i start sorry started when i was probably quite late i mean you know i was i think when i found rad, rad season i was 30 34 33 so like within within my 20s i was kind of yeah i guess you didn't you, you don't really know like it, it wasn't such I, I guess now is a thing where it's it's really trendy and it's kind of fashionable to to be an entrepreneur and if it's sort of like if I knew back back then what how difficult and how much I'd be working like maybe I wouldn't have started it and sort of you kind of go into it a bit naively and think oh you know like it's all going to be fun and I'll be be my own boss and I'll have all this free time and I'll go surfing whenever I want and the reality was that I hardly ever went for the first year and you know you just spend the whole time working and yeah 
was a bit of a, it was a bit of a rude awakening, I think. But it was it was a really good learning learning experience, and sort of now looking back, it's just it's something that I wouldn't I wouldn't have changed for the world. I think that's interesting. You mentioned that about about how hard it is because I think so often people will look at kind of the end point, you know, the, yeah. you know, the classic, you know, the overnight success story that wasn't really overnight. It was 20 years of work that took someone to get to that point. And it, it was only overnight that some people became aware of it, but it was really a long, you know, kind of process. And it sounds like that's what you're saying that it's whatever you decide to do. It's not as if, Oh, bingo, it's easy. And it's going to happen. That's exactly it. And I think sort of people kind of look at it and go, Oh, like they're doing like, he, he or she's doing really well and like whether you know whether it's in business or whether it's in if if you're an athlete or whatever it may be but it's kind of it's all the the years of work that goes into everything that people don't see um so yeah that's exactly it so ollie tell um and tell me then has has sport helped you through the journey and i know you've you, you know you you're in the sports world but doing sport keeping yourself fit you know yeah i I mean i i think like it's 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 my life i mean i like i've I've been doing sport and exercise ever since i can remember um and i think that that's kind of kept me mentally sane especially during um during what's recently happened with covid and when the with the pandemic um yeah i mean running an events travel company (laughs) <laughs> during during a, a global pandemic and crisis wasn't uh it wasn't the easiest thing so i think um yeah basically like mountain biking and punk rock saved my life i kind of <laughs> i kind of had a i had a pause for about a month um last march when yeah we had to cancel well like not uh, like us personally but 900 events on our across our platform just stopped overnight um travel was restricted people are going online and instead of googling you know what are they what what fun places they're going to go to and and what sports and events are they going to do to yeah like is there is there toilet paper in the in the supermarket and you know is the (laughs) is the shop open and so basically everything just sort of changed overnight and i think for me i kind of yeah i kind of like like surfing was banned in portugal so we couldn't go surfing so it's like okay right i've got to do something i was running a lot and then i just got the mountain bike out and sort of started like listening to music and i was kind of like i basically just retreated to that and i was sort of like i just was on the verge of like properly on the verge of burnout and or you know kind of thought okay I've got to have a I've got to have a break here and I think getting outside getting into nature and and doing exercise pretty much like at that time saved me so kind of building on that then Ollie I mean thinking about that I mean you talked about the self-care aspect of you know what happened with COVID as you look at it from a business standpoint is there anything that you take away from this you know incredible year that no one could have thought about is there any yeah. kind of business lessons that you kind of carry forward from that uh yeah i mean business wise the main thing was to try and to try and stay vocal and to try and be yeah to try like there, there's no kind of pretending or hiding i mean i'm just sort of looking at a lot of brands a lot of companies and 
I guess it was like so many people just or everybody didn't really know what to do from a business standpoint and you know this sort of something that you're not really prepared for I think at the time everyone was like oh it'll be a few months and then it will kind of you know it'll be business as normal and things will go back to how they were before so yeah I think for us I mean I sort of had I had a month off and then I thought okay I think now's the time to kind of go full steam and try and get our message out there and and do marketing and carry on um but also be kind of light-footed and try and adapt and change and yeah it's cliche i don't really want to use that word pivot but uh it's sort of that sort of the buzzword at the moment or then uh last year is kind of like okay well what are we going to do to kind of to to change or to get out of this um and for us that was like okay well events stopped events and festivals have been paused so we wanted a way to kind of still talk to our audience and also talk to everyone that was in our industry so the idea i had an idea was like okay i've been meaning to do a podcast um and yeah we kind of came up with the idea of doing it live and initially trying to do it with event organizers to sort of talk about i guess the best moments and sort of almost kind of look back and go okay well what makes our industry great and what, what makes their events great and the sports that we do and, you know, the, the places and, and the people. So that was kind of the reason behind the podcast and, uh, and the live stream show. And then we kind of, yeah, it kind of grew from there really. Wow. You know, um, we had someone on here, um, Brandon Lowry, who's president of the global action sports foundation one time. And he, one of the things he talked about with regard to action sports in particular and events like that is he, he talked about the sense of community. And in his case, he grew up as a, as a soccer player and was playing professionally in Europe and, you know, career cut short by injury sort of thing. But he was always, always loved the board sports. He just wasn't quite as good at them. But what he talked about was really that sense of community. And I think what I see with what you do is that kind of same thing. So it's interesting that you kind of went back with a community angle. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of like, probably like similar to, um, to what Brandon was saying. I mean, the, the, the sports and the community um, and the sort of the individual sports within action sports, the communities are so close and so tight that um, yeah, it's kind of like for, um, for businesses and for brands sort of like having that, that authentic voice and also like talking am- amongst the community and just sort of, you know, basically just check like at that time during COVID sort of checking in on everybody and making sure that everyone's okay. And um, knowing that, you know, we, the thing that kind of like connects us always this amazing thing that we do, whether it's skating or surfing or skiing or mountain biking, whatever it may be. Um, yeah. I think that was kind of really important at the time. And I mean, the growth during the pandemic um for manufacturing and for retail for these sports just went through the roof because you know everyone was at home everyone had more time um locally but uh yeah everyone's like go down to the beach where they like in san diego where you are like you know where they could go for a surf or they could go running in the hills or whether they can get on their bike um and yeah that kind of all um started to grow and it's sort of on that aspect looking back it's been um it's been good Go ahead, Simon. Yeah, Holly, what 
what is your vision of success then? Because you've got a community, you've got people that are like you, um, enjoy all that. What, what's your, your kind of success? What, what do you see in the future? For me personally or for, or for the business? For the business, but I guess it's a reflection on you and what you're doing. Yeah, sure. Um, and so also I, I always thought that, you know, when I started the company, we were looking at, I was looking at these things where there was like, okay, well, is it successful if we go down the funding route and try and get investment and try and get VC backing and try and make it into this massive sort of thing. And then like the, as the years went on, I kind of retreated from that idea a little bit and thought, okay, well, I didn't necessarily want it to be, to be like that. So I sort of looked at it and sort of thought, okay, well, I was, I was trying to sort of keep it as a sort of lifestyle business and sort of have it where, you know, we, we built this community and we're trying to work on these events and showcase what are the best events or the funnest things to do in the world. Um, and yeah, it got to the point where we're having like over a thousand events. And then I was looking again, like almost doing this test of like, for me personally, or for the people I know, or the people so within our community, are these, you know, the top 1000 events? Um, is there another thousand? Is there another, is there more and more that we should be adding? And then we kind of, we just scaled everything back and we thought that, you know, we're just trying to going to focus on the main things and we cut it down to a couple of hundred. And then that was sort of basically for us sort of looking at success was sort of, yeah, almost like practicing it as well as we preach it. I mean, I, I spent two and a half, three years behind a laptop talking about all these things and not doing anything and not going anywhere, um, which just seems crazy. Everyone's just like, oh, you've got the best job or you've got the best life because you get to go to all these places. So it's like, I don't get to go to anything. I'm like, I'm too busy kind of putting it on the website and, and building it. And um yeah, we sort of like two years ago, like my wife and I and our son, we was two at the time, we stepped back and thought, okay, we wanted to we wanted to relocate and come back to Europe. So the plan was to go, okay, we're going to actually, we're actually going to go and do all these things and we're going to go to all these places. So we set off and we went to, the, the plan was to go to 25 festivals in two months around Europe. <laughs> wow. Um, and now it's sort of like you kind of look at it or sort of like nostalgically from what's happened, not being able to do anything or go anywhere. And it's like, it was probably like, it was the best experience I think I've ever had doing that with my family, knowing that it will never be like that ever again um, with restrictions. And no matter what happens, it will never, it will never go back to like that. So um, yeah, that was, that was wild. It was really fun kind of, going there and going with a two-year-old and we were kind of going to these crazy like cultural festivals in in spain and serbia and all these places and music festivals and action sports events and basically sort of it was like every day it was like you know it was like a pinch me moment i just couldn't believe that that is actually like this is that was my job i was kind of running around and creating content and sort of running around with a gopro and getting covered in tomatoes if i was in a tomato festival in spain and then tomatina or <laughs> uh you know covered in paint or whatever it may be in these crazy places and yeah it was really fun 
So now that we've been through COVID, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit, Ollie, of, of different, you know, significant events, uh, you know, of the past, you know, whether it was the war, you know, the world wars or the great depressions, you know, things that where certain generations hit something that, you know, was unlike anything before. And then afterwards, nothing was ever kind of the same. And I wonder either both from a business standpoint or in a personal one, now that, you know, COVID is, I mean, it's still amidst us, amongst us, but do you feel like you and even your, your, you know, the people on your platform will sort of appreciate these events even more going forward because they were taken away for a while? Um, absolutely. So, I mean, now, now looking at it, like for example, one of the biggest events uh, for participation that we have on our website is Oktoberfest. It's been the second year um, that it's been canceled. Um, I think people like or experiences in general whether it's an event or you know a gathering wedding whatever it may be i think that i don't know if we were just taking taking it for for granted before you know where you can just hop on a, a cheap flight um for whatever 50, 50 bucks and kind of go go somewhere for the weekend and sort of do something um really fun and cool and i think I think the the experiences element of it will, I think people look at that, even if they weren't, you know, if they weren't doing that already before, I think it just, they'll value their time a lot more. What's, what, what's your outlook? Do you feel, Ollie, as you look ahead, do you feel like the world truly returns to normal? And if it does, is the normal what the normal used to be? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's sort of whether... It's whether we learn from it I and mean, uh, like a lot of it, like we've in Portugal, we've kind of gone in and out of lockdown and people, yeah, they're just, you think that people would kind of learn uh, like at least with, with that sort of sense of community or, or, or helping, helping each other out. If, if that's going to continue, I mean, it's sort of like, it, I, I, I think it kind of brought everyone closer together and you sort of, you, you look at things and, and you kind of, you look at your values and you look at things that what, what what's really important to you um, and what's, you know, what, like, whether it's your family and your friends and kind of your sort of um, local community. And so sort of now it's like whether people kind of look at it and go and sort of forget the last two years or, you know, year and a half of what happened or will they sort of look at things and go, okay, like, we have to we have to make sure that we that we do help each other going forwards and we don't kind of slip back into certain bad habits or old ways um so that's kind of it's going to be interesting to sort of see see what happens with that and on the, on the business side of things from from events and from travel and sort of yeah like hopefully I, I think the appetite for everyone is that it's going to be even you know even stronger i mean we're having people book, doing bookings now like way in a year advance when they know the dates for festivals they're kind of uh, they're booking up already because they didn't they don't want to miss out and i think everyone's kind of been missing out on a lot whether it's you know not being able to see relatives in different parts of the world or or even even close you know like not being able to go to the next city and kind of drive across over in europe and I, I think people mm. kind of, they want that like human interaction. They want to be, be with people and be with their loved ones. Yeah. And just on that point, Ollie, will there not be though that access point where the industry might reshape itself, but actually uh, 
if you think about it, you know, people using these facilities, you know, there'll still be the same number of people, if not more, that will want to attend. So if suddenly an event or festival reduces the amount of people and traffic, you know, yeah. that's going to cause its own concerns. Um, absolutely. I mean, th th there's, there's certain things where, you know, I think it's going to get more localized. So you sort of look at activations, events or experiences and things are going to kind of like in the immediate future, can they, can they hold it? Or, you know, like for like in, in like case in point of Oktoberfest, for example, they knew that they wouldn't be able to have that event on because the idea is that everyone is drinking really close together in close pro proximity next to each other in these big marquee tents. So it's like, you know, how, how is that going to happen? Um, you can't really do social distancing and, and restrictions on, and then sporting events, you know, being able to have the Euros on and the Olympics and the tennis and the sort of like, you can, you can have these events on, but without spectators there within the grounds and with the arenas and sort of, you know, it's not the same. So yeah, I think, uh, I, I think obviously like certain sort of measures and, and testing will, will be there sort of going forwards. And yeah, when, the vaccination numbers across like globally kind of have been managed and they, they sort of work that out. I think things will kind of, will go back to more like more normal than, than what they are at the moment, but yeah, we'll just have to see. Yeah. Right. Well, it's certainly been a, uh, you know, what, you know, what a year it's been and, you know, a lot of things that kind of came out of it, but um, yeah. hopefully, as you mentioned before, hopefully one of the positives that comes out of it would be, maybe the, the notion or the obligation that, you know, people should help each other and look after each other. And, and also yeah. I think too, what I see from, you know, from a lot of people is just an appreciation for those who are, you know, putting on events. A lot of my friends are, you know, organized cycling events and those were all canceled last year. And, and I think what's, what's happened now is, you know, some of their customers have stepped up and helped them through it. And, you know, I think hopefully there'll be that sort of appreciation for the fact that, you know, everybody's in it for the good and these experiences yeah. are important, but we need to kind of, we each have a role to play, right? Yeah, absolutely. So think about, you know, back on kind of the, you know, the, the, the rad season, as you look at, you know, looking ahead, um, mm -hmm. what do you, how do you see success? I mean, Simon asked this a little bit, you know, you talked about, you know, scalability, which is probably something about, um, about how you run your business, but is that really where, where you see it, see it going as kind of a, a manageable level of, of events? I mean, it's possible that there'll be a lot more events that people could participate in if they want, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we sort of looked at it as going from, from, from being an events platform to then being more of a sort of, um, yeah, media slash content company. Um, so, by that, I mean that when, when we changed to kind of doing the live stream, doing the podcast, um, that then turned into the Brad Season TV show. Um, and then we're sort of like working on these different projects and different ideas where we are basically sort of having different shows and different products um, and different content that will then inspire people to kind of get outside if they can't go to events and kind of you know, have it a bit more sort of fun and sort of like good video content and, and chats around 
things to do in incredible places, whether it's surfing um, over in Central America or in Europe or, um, you know, fun places to go ski or snowboard in the US, think, like things like that. So we're sort of looking at these things going, okay, like relying on, and that's probably one thing that we learn is sort of like relying on an event or something that's sort of fixed and only happens once a year was a bit risky um and like how how are we going to develop or how are we developing and evolving and sort of looking at at success for what rad season is and the main thing for us was sort of like of when we started it it was basically that there was always something fun or there's always it's always the season somewhere so there's always something in the world either worth going to and that was the initial concept was that as an event or experience um, but that experience isn't necessarily as a fixed date as an event. So we're sort of looking at this going, okay, well, what are these bucket list activities for action sports or for music or for things that are cool or rad that we want to go, that I would want to go to or that my friends or the community or people would want to go to that come onto our website. Um, so, yeah. And the, the tricky thing is to kind of then the puzzle is then putting that all together without sort of getting carried away and, I think um, that sort of comes down to, yeah, scalability and resources and sort of how we then kind of manage those things. Well, it's an interesting point. I mean, I think what I hear you kind of getting at is to some extent sort of the Instagram effect, which is the idea that, you know, there are obviously organized events can be great fun, but you can almost create your own rad season based upon you know, doing things that people will follow, you know, on the experiences that you're putting on onto your content and yeah. you know, your podcast and the show that they're sort of creating their own, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and that could be, you know, I think when I was younger, I was like really quite narrow-minded with, with the sports. I mean, I, I, I played, I played team sports until I was probably about 18. And then uh, I think I was just kind of pushed them at school too much. And then I just started hating it um and then now and then and like at the time i was like okay all i wanted to do was skateboard i just that was all i wanted to do and then i discovered surfing and that was all i wanted to do and they kind of i think now people are a bit more open-minded where they thought like <laughs> okay like you can you can skateboard and you can play you can play football soccer and you can go mountain biking and you can do all these different things you don't have to just do one thing you know so i think that's kind of it's quite good now looking at it and sort of I, I sort of are seeing things differently going, okay, well, I, I, I want to go depending on sort of what the weather's like, you know, you can, you can go, you can go into the sea and you can go for a surf or you can go for a swim or you go for a bike ride and you can, you can do all these different things. So that's sort of something that yeah. we want to try and make it um, accessible and rad season so that, that people can yeah, build their own experience depending on what they want to do. You know, is there some interesting, aspects to that that you could share with us for example you know is there a type of personality is there a region that gets involved of the world what you know i'm sure you sit on a friday night somewhere and you talk about these followers and and there's some interesting uh, anecdotes that i'm sure the the listener of the podcast would like to hear um sure i mean so i i, I guess it depends on sort of what what category what that we cover or sorry whether it's a sport whether it's whether it's music um there's an interesting um so when when we started rad season we we were covering a few of these strange and quirky events so we've got a got a category called strange events 
and we did one called cheese rolling which is in in gloucestershire in in, in the uk and uh for some reason we kind of we got picked up um on seo like on google for for the term cheese rolling and we were kind of we were getting thousands of hits on our website <laughs> for people just looking for this weird event uh, in, in, in Gloucestershire in England. And I was looking at this game, like, this is really fun, this event. And like when I was doing those 25 festivals, that was the one, like we, that, that was one of them that, that we went to visit. And then, I mean, there's these, I, I guess a lot of people, if you're interested in going to one quirky event, why would you not be interested in another one? And you know, then there's like the, the tomato throwing festival in Spain, for example, it gets like 35,000 people go there every year. Wow. Um, unfortunately, it's cancelled this year. It happens last Wednesday of August uh, every year, um, close to Valencia, just outside Valencia in Spain. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like everyone knows about these certain, <laughs> a couple of events, but there's there's literally like, there's like hundreds of these things. So we thought, okay, like, I'm going to try and focus in on these strange festivals and carnivals and these quirky things because I mean, selfishly, it's sort of what I enjoy. And if, if I enjoy it and I go and I, you, you turn up to these places and there's like thousands of people there, then, you know, there's obviously a bit of a need for it as well. Um, even though it's a niche one, but um, yeah, they're, they're definitely pretty fun. So, and the, and the more we kind of like looked into it, the more I discovered that, you know, every country in the world has something unique and, maybe a little bit outside the norm um, <laughs> that I find interesting. And I was like, okay, well then we should definitely have that on rad season. And it's almost <laughs> like if I can watch my test is like, if I watch a YouTube video and it gets me excited um, and I want to go, then that's yeah. Then, then we should put it on our website. <laughs> Love that. That sense of curiosity. So a number of the people that, um, that kind of listen to our, our podcast, Ollie, are people that are kind of in the early stages of their career. And kind of what I heard you saying early on is you were kind of building your skill set before you really started this, right? If you were talking to the, the 25-year-old Ollie or a 25-year-old other person about where they are and, you know, eventually pursuing their dreams, is there any advice you would give them about that stage um, before they started there, before they've started doing something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there isn't a rush. Everyone's kind of rushing to get to a certain like location that they think that, you know, that they're going to make it and they're going to be successful and, you know, they're going to have the house and the fast cars and there, there is no, there is no rush to kind of to get there. And it's like the main thing that I'd sort of, if I was looking back would be to go like, you know, to enjoy the process, to enjoy the journey. Um, and also try and learn along the way, no matter what job it is you're doing, you're, if you're picking up new skills or learning things, then that's all applicable and you can use that um, going forwards, no matter what it is, no matter if it's sort of working in a new job or like starting your own business or, whatever it may be. That's great stuff. So one last question then, uh, you know, we maybe sent you this before, but you know, you've, yeah. you've been to all these festivals, you've done a lot of these things, you know, been through COVID, all, all, all this stuff has happened. So if you kind of had the, the parting shot, if the world had to listen to you for a few minutes about what you've learned in your journey so far, obviously it's continuing. What would you say? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I, I guess it's sort of going back on what I was saying with um, w with like enjoying enjoying the journey and kind of um, making sure that you are that you're learning along the way, but you have an end goal in mind, but don't like let that oh like like be like everything kind of think back and kind of like like for, like for myself personally like look, like looking back going um staying staying true to yourself for, for what you want to happen and and who you are and i was thinking i was like when i was in my 20s i was kind of bouncing around a lot like i i knew i knew i wanted to surf uh i knew that i didn't want to live in the uk and i was kind of thinking okay well if i work in this corporate job that I didn't necessarily like just so I could earn money to then get out. I, I think it was just like, it was almost sort of, it was always looking towards the future instead of actually like stepping back and kind of enjoying it and really figuring out who, like who I am and what I love doing. Um, and yeah, also kind of thinking about how like now having kids and sort of looking at it going, like you obviously, you think about life a bit differently as well. And you think, you think about, you know, what you want to kind of provide for them or how how you want to be considered to to other people and sort of helping more people out instead of sort of just being selfish and thinking about yourself and sort of like okay how can we like and that was one of the things with rad season was just like i want people to like find these things that i find so fun like to share it and go okay well like you know if i'm gonna try and discover these cool experiences then you know, how, how can I share them with the world and how can, you know, sort of give back that way? It's a great thing. You know, you, you hear a lot about it, especially amongst older generations, they talk about, you know, the good old days, right? And I think as we go through life, so many of us don't really appreciate that those good old days for us could be right now. And they should be right now, right? So you, you yeah. talk about having young kids and stuff like that. It's, you know, you never get those days back. So yeah. if you're always and only ever talking ahead, you know, you never really appreciate it. And I think back, you know, Simon and I each have three kids. And I think about, you know, when my kids were small, you know, you, you kind of get into these daily routines of, you know, rushing them off to soccer practice or, you know, rushing off to school or whatever. And I, I, I at one point I stopped and I thought, I wonder how often I actually talk with them about things rather than talk at them. And I, and I think yeah. what you just said is so powerful. Yeah. And like I, I completely agree and sort of like even like thinking about it today like doing the school run and kind of like dropping them off and yeah you just you feel like you're always in always in a rush without sort of stepping back and thinking about okay just wait just kind of you know like just think about like how lucky you are just to even be doing that and then yeah like you said ha have a conversation with them and kind of learn from them as well um yeah instead of chasing something and always kind of like looking looking too far ahead so to speak well Ali, this has been great i mean i really appreciate your time i mean i think what i take away from this is you talked about kind of building your skill set as you go through the early stages of your career and thinking about you know doing something that that really makes you happy and, and of course it's going to be harder than you have than whatever thinks right you know in the beginning yeah. it's and if you can appreciate that challenge but also appreciate the time as you go through it as you mentioned you know one of your your points of advice is 
you know, appreciating the moment. I mean, and that's such a powerful lesson, I think, for, for anybody at any stage of life. I think so. Yeah. So good. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, yeah, no worries. I really appreciate Mike. your time. We do hope you enjoyed this podcast. And thanks for listening to What I Wish I Knew with Mike Irwin and Simon Dorr. Please join us at whatiwishinewshow.com. You can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Please share What I Wish I Knew with Mike Irwin and Simon Daw with your friends. We welcome your feedback and recommendations of new podcast guests and ideas on topics. If you have business challenges, we're also available for advisory and consulting roles. We'd be delighted to listen and help. Just send us an email. Our address is hello at whatiwishinewshow.com.